Planning for your financial future is a lot like solving a puzzle. Sometimes it's simple, like a jigsaw puzzle. You have all the pieces and you just need to find out how they all fit together to reveal the solution. But sometimes planning for retirement is more like a crossword puzzle. You don't even know the answers to some of the clues, let alone how they all fit together. Like how much can I expect to get from Social Security? How much income do I need in retirement? Or how much risk is appropriate? That's why certified financial planner Dan Capril is here to host Solving the Financial Puzzle. On today's show, we want you to learn more about finding the right answers to your financial questions and how those answers can fit together to bring you more peace of mind. So get ready. Solving the Financial Puzzle starts now. Hello and welcome to Solving the Financial Puzzle, where each and every week we take what some think to be the complex, that being issues of personal finance, and we show you just how simple it can be. My name is Dan Capril. I'm your host. I'm a certified financial planner here in Cincinnati. Uh, we also have offices in Dayton and Sharonville, and downtown and northern Kentucky. My firm is called Matson and Capril. And we specialize working with people who are wanting to stop work at some point in their life. They've worked hard, and now they want to make sure their money lasts. And in, throughout each week on this show, we'll discuss the issues, the problems, the, the obstacles, the things you're confronted with, and how to simplify it. Because really, it's not all that complicated. My industry loves to make it sound complicated, but in reality, it's not. And in today's show, we're going to be discussing what I like to refer to as the myths, particularly as it relates to investing, the myths of investing. So right now, we're going through a historic bull market, the second greatest bull market in U.S. history. Of course, let's remember it came after the second worst bear market. So if there's anything to be learned, it's that bear markets and bull markets kind of go hand in hand a little bit. And I think if there's something to be learned, too, it's that Declines have historically been temporary. It, it's funny how, as, as investors, we're often not very happy about the current situation, no matter what the market is doing. So, for example, when the market's going down, obviously, as investors, we're not, we're not happy about that. We don't like seeing our, our money going down. And yet, when it's going up, I can't help but see people very often ask me, when is the market going to go down again? It's like, why shouldn't we be happy? Now, let's understand that an upward sloping market is the norm. So I'm 54 years old. Actually, not yet. I'm going to be 54. Oh, no, wait. I take that back. I'm 54 years old. I'll be 55 next month. See what happens as you get older? You forget. And the year that I was born, 1963, the Dow was trading somewhere around 600. And now it's at 25,000. And for years, people would ask me what direction the market was heading. I used to always say, well, I really have no idea. And then they would look at me like I should have some idea. And I'd say, oh, okay. It's going to 25,000. I just don't know when. And my logic, of course, was that it had doubled many more times in my lifetime. So why wouldn't it double at least one more time to 25,000? Well, that's happened. So now if you stop me on the street and ask me in what direction the market is headed, I'm going to tell you that it's going to 50,000. I just don't know when because doubling is the norm. We live in a capitalist world, thankfully, still somewhat capitalist world. And the life that you lead today dwarfs that of past generations. I mean, if you knew your great-grandparents and you could have asked them what it was like to grow up, they don't have anything like the life that you had. I mean, it's not even close. And, and that's a reflection of the 
free market capitalist system in which we live in. And we live in a system where you can own those companies that are creating this quality of life for you. So it is normal for markets to go up over time. That's why you'll always hear good advisors tell you, look, this is a long-term investment. It's not a short-term investment. You can't just buy this and, and hope to make money next month. It, it just doesn't work that way. You might, but that's just not the way it works. All right, so we're going to talk about the myths. And there are three primary myths that we're going to be getting into in today's show. The first one is what I like to call the stock picking myth. And that myth is based on a belief, I guess, that somebody knows what companies are going to go up in value and what companies are going to go down. And he or she can make buying and selling decisions accordingly. It'd be kind of cool if you could do that, right? And it's funny because I think that's what people think that big investment firms do. I mean, they have these research departments, right? And isn't it the goal of the research department to determine what stocks are going to go up and, and which ones won't? You know, there's 500 stocks that make up the large U.S. stock market as defined by the Standard & Poor's 500, 500 companies. You could very easily just buy all those companies. It's simple to do. You buy an index fund, which is something I strongly recommend investors do, and you own them all. You don't have to worry about which one's going to be hot, which one's going to be cold, because you own them all. Now, a lot of people will say, well, why would I do that when I could just buy those companies that are going to finish above average? I mean, if you give me 500 companies, probably, you know, some obviously are going to come in above and some are going to come in below. Heck, one company is going to outperform them all. So if you're a really good stock picker, you wouldn't buy all of them. You would just buy one, right? I mean, that is the logical thing to do. Unfortunately, nobody knows in advance who that's going to be. And it's, it's interesting because I'll hear a lot of investment experts out there discourage people from doing from buying index funds. They'll say, no, 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 you don't want to do that. Buy the companies that are going to go up. But they just don't know. He, see, here's, first of all, understand a couple things. Everything that we know about any company in the world, it's already factored into the price. It's what we don't know that's going to move it in either direction. News events, primarily. And news, last time I checked, is unpredictable. So if you're reading about Kroger or Procter & Gamble, General Electric, if you're reading about these companies, you have the same information the whole world has. And that information is already factored into today's price. Now, if you have information that nobody has or very few people have, maybe you work there, well, you could make decisions ahead of the market. could very well be illegal to do so, so I'm not encouraging that strategy. But other than that, you're just investing with the rest of the people. So to suddenly conclude that because a stock has gone up a certain amount, it must go down, that's pure speculation. So everything we know, it's already factored into the price. If there was only one company that had a research department, well, maybe they would have an edge. But there's research departments everywhere. Now, you may have seen this on TV. Uh, John Stossel did a piece a number of years ago that was excellent. In fact, you can get it on uh, YouTube if you look for it, where he threw darts at the Wall Street Journal. He had all the stocks up. This is back in the day when the Wall Street Journal actually printed the stocks. I don't think they do that anymore. I get mine online, my Wall Street Journal, so I don't know what's in the paper. But he put it up, and he, he threw darts. And he came up with this randomly selected portfolio. 
And that randomly selected portfolio was, was easily defeating most of the major firms in New York at that time. And the, the rationale behind all that was because, again, you, if you don't have information nobody else has, you're just purely speculating. So your guess is as good as mine. Now, this is not something that most firms and even a lot of financial advisors want you to know. And yet, that very fact that, that stock picking is, is a useless exercise, not only has it been known for years amongst the financial community, Nobel Prizes have been awarded for it. 2013, a man by the name of Eugene Fama won the Nobel Prize for work he did in the 1960s, in which he essentially said, something's worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. I mean, his point was the current price is the right price for a stock because it has all the news factored into it. It's kind of like your house, for example. If you had a house that you were listing for sale for maybe 300000 but the most anybody is willing to give you is 250000 what's your house worth? N- never mind, you might have paid two seventy-five. If the most anyone's going to give you is 250000 what is that house worth? It's worth 250000 You may not like that fact, but that's, that's reality. So if it's true for your home, why wouldn't it be true for stocks? And the answer is it is true for stocks. So to say that you know what stocks will perform above average is at best wishful thinking, but it's really a lie. And too often I will look at the portfolio that investors will have. And they're investing in products that are doing just this. They don't know it. They think they're buying and holding a certain mutual fund, and they are. But what they fail to understand is that the mutual fund itself is not buying and holding. That the mutual fund itself is doing a great deal of turnover. They're buying companies or selling companies because, again, they're hoping to make moves ahead of the market. Now, when you do that, you're not only speculating, you're incurring costs that ultimately hurt your return. Every once in a while, you get it right. Every once in a while, you guess correctly. But let's understand something. You are guessing. Everything we know about any stock, it's already factored into the price. Don't get caught up on owning the hot stock. Own many. Have a broadly diversified portfolio. So if you're looking to put part of your portfolio, say, in large U.S. stocks, don't get caught up between Procter & Gamble or GE or Kroger. Own them all. Own those three and the other 497 that make up the large U.S. stock market. Now, understand there's more to investing than just owning large U.S. companies. In fact, that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is they only own one index. They only own one sector of the market. But get away from this idea of stock picking because when you are doing that, by your actions, you are claiming to know what the best companies are in the world. And nobody knows the answer to that question. It sounds appealing to be able to do it, But practice shows that it just cannot be done. So in a few minutes, we're going to be taking a quick break. But before we do, I want to emphasize that these problems that people have are common. And I'd like to show you how to address them, see if you've been a victim by stock picking. Because again, even if you're buying a mutual fund, you can be a victim of stock picking. And I'm going to do that by offering you something very unique. If you call me in the next 15 minutes... I'm going to give you a free portfolio MRI. Now, portfolio MRI is something that my office does, usually charges a great deal of money for it too, by the way. 
But since you're a listener, I'm going to offer this. This is one of the rare times I do. Next 15 minutes, portfolio MRI, where we're going to analyze your portfolio in ways I'm pretty confident you've never had done before. We're going to go deep down into your portfolio. We're going to examine whether or not it has been affected by stock picking or the other two myths I'm about to share with you in the second half of today's program. So take me up on this offer. This is a valuable analysis that we do. The number to call, 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. Now, this being a Sunday morning, you're going to be leaving a message. But on Monday, my office is going to call you to arrange a time for you to come in. So you have to have at least $250,000 for this analysis to really have some value. So if you have at least $250,000 in your portfolio, call me in the next 15 minutes, 844 784 9326. If you fail to take advantage of this, it's not always going to be free. So please, we'll look at this in a way that you, you know, I'm going to look at your portfolio in ways that you've never had before. And more importantly, I'm going to give you something that you can take away with you and you can uh, you can examine it on your own when you get home. So again, that's 844-784-9326 or if it's easier to remember, 844-QUIZ-DAN. You're listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle. Puzzles go by a lot of names. There are jigsaw puzzles, crosswords, word searches, Sudoku, anagrams, trivia, riddles, brain teasers, brain bashers, brain twisters, brain knitters, knotters, and bogglers. You get the idea. It's kind of like financial planners and advisors. A lot of people call themselves a financial advisor, but there are often a lot of differences between these people. Some only sell insurance, some are RIAs, some can't sell stocks, some are RFCs, some are IRA experts, some are chartered retirement planning counselors. The list goes on and on. It can be difficult to know who's really a financial planner. Who really is going to make decisions in your best interest rather than just what's suitable for you? That's why it's important that you know Dan Capril is a certified financial planner, or CFP for short. CFPs make a career-long commitment to meet the ever-changing needs of their clients. That's the kind of person you want to work with when planning for retirement. So forget all those other riddlers in the financial world and work with the best. Contact Dan Capril at 844-784-9326. That's 844-784-9326. Call 844-QUIZ-DAN. Perhaps the most famous scene of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit features a game of riddles between Bilbo Baggins and Gollum. Gollum asked Bilbo what devours all things. The answer, of course, is time. Don't let wasted time keep you from a successful retirement. Now back to Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Capril. Well, welcome back to Solving the Financial Puzzle. My name is Dan Capril, and I'm the president of Matson Capril here in Cincinnati. We have offices downtown, Sharonville. Northern Kentucky, Dayton, I write a lot of rent checks, but uh, we're very fortunate because we work with clients throughout the city, most of whom would like to stop working someday. And our job is to help them to do that. Our job is to help them to simplify the retirement planning process. And that's really what this show is all about. That's why we call it solving the financial puzzle, because most people are puzzled. And I blame my industry for that because we do a great job of trying to make it as complicated as possible. Because if it's complicated, you need people. 
Now, I think there is a right time to have an advisor, but I think there's a wrong time to have an advisor. And we'll get more into that in the weeks to come on this program. But today we're getting into what I like to call the myths of investing. These are the things that we have been led to believe that are true, that the research would suggest quite otherwise. So in the first half of the show, I got into the stock picking myth. Now we're going to get into myth number two, which is the market timing myth. And the market timing myth is based on the premise that someone knows the direction markets are headed. I mean, there is a, there's a financial advisor, I hear him quite often here in Cincinnati, who talks about this all the time. He says that he thinks he knows when markets are going to be bullish and when they're going to be bearish. I guess everybody's entitled to an opinion. But look, the research is overwhelming that people don't know. And in fact, those firms who attempt to time the market usually underperform overwhelmingly, like 80% of them. So to believe that you know what markets are going to do before they are going to actually do them must mean you have some information that nobody has. Because the rest of the planet is in disagreement with you. The rest of the planet is saying, look, here's the information we've got. Here's what the markets need to be. Now, new information comes to the forefront, fine. But until it does, it's purely speculation. So for years, firms have charged high fees under this guise that they could somehow time the market for you. And yet, one research paper after another, most if not all of it has been awarded with Nobel Prizes, has come back to say no, that uh, markets are efficient. Everything we know is factored into the news. You can't successfully time the market unless you have the news a day before anyone else has. So this is why mutual funds like Vanguard and dimensional funds are clearly, you know, they are, they are quickly becoming the norm now within the mutual fund industry. When I started working with people over 20 years ago, and I would recommend that they use index funds, they would look at me like, what the heck is this? And now, thankfully, people have seen the light that market timing is, is really, it, it's, it's fool's gold. You're going to rack up a lot of costs trying to do it, and it's purely speculation. So they'll, they'll try to tell you they have algorithms and all these other things. Look, I remember vividly Election Day 2016 listening to a guy by the name of Steve Ratner who claims to be a, an economist. I guess at one point he worked at the, the Federal Reserve. And he's going on and on Election Day how the, the stock market is about to crash because Donald Trump is, is going to be elected president. Amazing. I mean, not only did it not crash, it soared because nobody knows. Nobody knows. Here's what we do know. We know that over time, markets have always gone up, but not in a linear fashion. They're going to be full of ebbs and flows. So we know that going in. Therefore, when we have this volatility, negative volatility, it shouldn't surprise us in the least. And in my opinion, we certainly shouldn't panic. Look what happened in 2008. Look at the pullback markets did then. Did the sky fall? Were the North Korean troops coming over the Canadian border? No. It was a moment in time, and we got through it. In fact, it's kind of funny because we know logically that markets are going to move in a volatile manner. And yet when it happens, we react as if we're surprised. Now, I think this has more to do with the fact that as human beings, we don't like pain. We find losing money to be very painful, and so... Since we all have this survival mechanism built into our brain, it forces us not only to panic, but sometimes to take action, meaning sell low, which makes absolutely no sense at all, yet people do it all the time. So keep in mind that unless you have 
the next week's newspaper today, timing the markets is, is just not a logical move, especially when you understand that historically markets move up. I'm constantly pointing out to investors that they are far more likely to make a mistake by being out of the markets when they go up than by being in the markets when they go down. Because when markets go down, you can not only buy more shares. If you're diversified properly, eventually it'll probably come back. But if you're today sitting waiting for the Dow to get back to 10,000 before you get in, you know what? I hope it never happens. If it does happen, though, view it as a buying signal. However, most people, when that happens, they still don't buy. It makes absolutely no sense at all. Wonderful book you should read. I'm always quick to point out that these are not just my ideas. People far smarter than me have been pointing stuff out like this for years. And a wonderful book that you should read that's been around for a long time and gets updated almost every year. It's called Random Walk Down Wall Street by Princeton professor Burton Mapkill. Great book. And it basically says in, in, in very clear words, you know, don't listen to your broker if he's telling you that you should load up in this stock or in that stock. Understand with brokers, very often they have the stock. They own the stock and they're going to sell it to you, which I always find interesting. Wait a second. You want me to buy the stock and I'm buying it from your inventory? If it's such a great stock, why aren't you holding on to it? It's a great question, right? You should ask that question next time you get a call to you know, for someone to push a stock. Remember the movies. You know, there's a, there's a great series on HBO called Billions and, of course, the movie Wall Street. Both of those programs are about the fact that you need to have information that nobody has in order to outperform markets. And people don't have it. So in both of those movies or TV shows, however you want to call them, you know, the characters are either trying to create news <laughs> Or they are trying to get information that nobody else has. Now, in, in both those instances, it's illegal to act upon it, which is what the programs are about and how, how these manipulators are ultimately going to get caught. Okay, so we talked about stock picking being a myth. We talked about market timing being a myth. The third one is called track record investing. And this is when somebody will agree with me that stock picking is hard and market timing is hard, if not impossible. And yet... Someone out there has done it, or some fund has done great when all the others have stunk. This is belief that because it did unusually well in the past, that that's going to continue in the future. It's kind of like what we're seeing with Bitcoin. People are like, oh, you know, it went from six cents to $16,000. I got to get in. And that's a fallacy because you've just, you, you've told yourself, I guess, that it's going to double again. But you have no logical reason to believe that, especially when you consider something as unusual as Bitcoin. But we see it all the time. We also see it where, again, somebody finds a stock picker or some portfolio manager who guessed correctly. Great example of that is a guy named Harry Dent. Harry Dent is known for being right once in his life and being wrong every time after that. He used to talk about how the market was going to go to 35000 and when it went down to 10,000, he turned around and said it was going to crash to 2,000, and now it's trading at 25,000. You know, I can almost tell you, whatever Harry Dent says to do, do the opposite. And yet, you will see him on TV all the time as some guru, as some expert, because he has a track record. Well, he's got a bad track record, but he got something right. He got something right once. Understand that your success and outthinking the market in the past is not a reliable indicator 
on your ability to do so in the future. In fact, you know that to be true, right? You see it written all the time. So they can't really come out and tell you, look, we've beaten the market the last 12 years, therefore we're going to be at the next 12. But they want you to believe that. They can't say it, but that's exactly the conclusion that they want you to reach. So stock picking, market timing, track record investing, very problematic. I want to help you get over these problems. And the way I'm going to do that is if between now and the next 15 minutes, so I'll be watching after we get off the air here. I'm offering my listeners today something I very rarely do. I'm going to offer you a portfolio MRI. Now, this is a, an analysis that my firm does on clients' portfolios. And what we do is we help measure the level of stock picking, market timing, track record investing that's been done on your portfolio. And we show you how it's been hurting you. Now, this is something we normally charge a great deal of money for, but I'm going to offer it to you at no additional cost. But you have to call me. There's two rules. you got to call me in the next 15 minutes. And you have to have a portfolio of at least 250000 Because if you don't have 250000 I really can't do the analysis for you. But if you have at least that much, if you call me in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to get you that analysis done. Here's how it works. Dial this number, 844-784-9326. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN. 844-784-9326. 844-QUIZ-DAN is the number. You're going to get a recording. My voice. Leave a message. Monday morning, my office is going to call you. Range of time for you to come in and to get your free portfolio MRI. No pressure, we just want you to see the problems that stock picking and market timing and the other myths of personal finance have had an effect on you. A lot of people are kind of flying blind on this. It's something they were never really aware of. And stock picking and market timing hurt you. They hurt you in returns, they hurt you in fees, and they're so unnecessary. Nobody has next week's newspaper today, nobody. So let's not fall victim to these myths. Let's not fall victim to these trappings. Let's figure it out how to do it right. Let me show you how to do that. Again, 844-QUIZ-DAN is the number. That's 844-784-9326. You've been listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle. My name is Dan Capril. I'm a certified financial planner. I want to thank you, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of NPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.